Welcome to the Trailer Cast with Elise Snipes. Each week, I will be sharing with you from inside my vintage trailer where I work as a therapist and share some of my musings on the human experience. I am endlessly fascinated and inspired by people. I love being a therapist and I'm deeply grateful for the intimate and beautiful work I get to do. I believe we are wildly capable of healing and making this world a better place, and this is my attempt at doing that. Sharing beauty to invoke beauty. May you find yourself inside these stories and ponderings and be better for it. Cheers. So on these last few episodes, I've been interviewing women that have been influential for me. And so we're kind of right in the middle of this legacy concept where I'm trying to like draw out the stories and the experiences for you to hear of what I don't know, what love looks like, what input looks like, what connection feels like, how we're connected to each other in a way that even kind of goes beyond our own story. And those two women, my grandmother and then my previous therapist, really embody that for me. You know, I understand that I'm connected to their work in a way that is beyond, is beyond me, beyond the work I've done. And so, and so we're right in between. We've kind of come to this place where you've heard parts of my past and, and parts of the people and how they've, they've shaped me. And I understand that this link space I'm in between their story and my story and the stories, the people that I've affected. And, and so I have an interview coming up that I'm really excited about. It's been one of my, one of my very first clients that I ever had. And we were actually going to sit down this week, but <laughs> we're going to have to interrupt the series on legacy with this public service episode on boundaries, self-care, and in general, how not to say yes to all the things so you don't end up halfway through your week sitting on the floor of your closet questioning your existence. Because that, that was how my week went. <laughs> so next week, you'll hear more about legacy. But this week... We're going deep, okay? So there are times when I share with people or groups or conferences or whoever it is that I'm sharing with, and I share from a place of knowledge on the subject. Like, I know about it. And I know about it because I went to grad school or I can tell you about it from the safe place of my chair or behind a podium or even this microphone. And then there are times when I share with people and it's from a place of knowledge because I have also been afflicted by that thing, had my guts ripped out by that thing. And I share about it from a place of humble brokenness from the floor. Are you hearing me? There is a difference between those two types of knowledge. What you know because you heard it, were taught it, and what you know because you lived through it, survived it. So for those of you who like Latin... <laughs> A priori and a posteriori knowledge. There is a difference between knowledge that we glean from lesson and knowledge that's dependent upon experience. And this episode comes from the latter, from a place of wreckage, experiential wreckage. I am curious by nature, and this coupled with that strong stubbornness, you can probably hear between the lines that this is a nice way of me saying, I learn things the hard way. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to call it my way. <laughs> but my mom tells a story about when I was a baby and I wouldn't let her feed me anymore. And so I just kept turning my face 
as she would bring the spoon in, defiantly denying her access. And so she finally gave up and put the spoon down, and then I picked it up and did it myself. And this is really just a life metaphor for me. And the apple hasn't fallen far from the tree. My daughter's go-to phrase right now is, no, me, he didn't do it. So um, to her future spouse, you're welcome. <laughs> but really, even though I know this about myself, I continue to repeat the cycle, learning things by doing and usually getting into some sort of pickle. And this week was no different. So I told you I have a new job this year. And it's like a real job, like a job I have to dress up to go there, which really rubs against that independent, stubborn four on the Enneagram part of me seeking individualism and self-expression. But that is a total digression because the Enneagram is like a whole series in and of itself. But this new professional real job has been my teacher lately. Such an incredible opportunity for professional growth, getting to exercise clinical muscles I haven't since grad school, learning how to do all these new things, and in this new space is a really old habit of me saying yes to everything, basically having no boundaries and working myself to the ground. It's super healthy, right? But I told you this episode was from the floor and not the chair, and I mean it. This last week in particular has been exceptionally hard. Professionally, a lot of expectations... Personally, a lot of overcommitting and general self-neglect. It makes for a pretty solid recipe for loss of perspective, burnout, and this almost like self-absorption because I'm doing too much. And it all came to a head on Wednesday afternoon where I was somewhere in between work harder, do more, and run away. <laughs> I phoned a friend. And I almost never do this. Reach out like this for help. I have this pervasive sense of responsibility and this desire for self-containment and a pretty extreme standard for myself. So stopping and asking someone into my I-don't-have-it-all-together space is raw, vulnerable, intimidating. Now, don't get me wrong. I know how to do this in therapy with a therapist. You heard me last week talking to Annie. But that relationship is set up for that. It's how it works in form and function. And I know how to do this vulnerability thing with my husband, how to be broken or honest in front of him. We've spent years fine-tuning this dance of shared pain, beauty, need, desire, freedom. But in friendship, it's different. It involves choice, a choosing to enter in, to be the safe place, the listening ear, the consoling phrases, deep understanding. There is an obligation in friendship like there might be in family or therapy or marriage. There are no have-tos or we would just not be friends anymore. Friendship is family by choice, and it was definitely that for me this week. So I sent out this SOS text, went and picked her up, drove to a nearby park, and we hid in the back like the most shady people in town, but I was desperate. She listened as I dumped my worries and patterns on the soil in front of us. She nodded reassurances, empathizing with this super primal place of overwhelm. She made careful observations. She asked poignant questions, drawing hidden parts of me up to the surface. And as we sat with my wreckage, I had this feeling of familiarity, like I've been here before. I don't mean at this park, like not in a physical dimension, 
and not like deja vu. No, I had been here in this space of taking on too much of performance. And it was like the series of concentric circles, these layers of historical learning, the same damn lesson. One particular layer of familiarity happened during my senior year of college. Okay, this was like 2005. I just started dating my now husband. I was living in the most amazing house with the most amazing girls. Shout out, you know who you are. And life was primo. I had been working on this project. See, I had this vision of uniting the women from the community and the women of our college. And these two spaces were rather insulated, and I had spent the last three years with a foot in both worlds. And I could see the beauty and the wisdom and the story they each possessed and thought it would be so rich if we could just get together. If I could just gather all these women and get them in the same room, magic was going to happen. And I saw myself as this sort of bridge. And it's funny, like even as I'm saying this, I hear my age-old desire to make things real and lasting. I want to make something that exists beyond the walls that we normally stay hidden behind. I crave connection, and I want to connect others too. And so this was my master plan. I also had this professor who had been pretty influential for me. And so I asked him to lunch so that I can tell him all about this idea and how I was going to implement it and sustain it and foster this deep, authentic community that stretched beyond the walls of our college. And I sat in front of him, completely open, unguarded, dreams flowing, proud of myself, I guess, because I really felt like I had stumbled upon a sort of purpose for myself. And he listened patiently. And when I was done, he said he had two questions for me. I was eager for them. I thought, he sees me, he's going to hear me, and he's going to have these questions that are going to shape how this plan comes to like manifestation. I don't know. And so he says, Elise, what are you trying to prove and to whom? What? Maybe he didn't hear me. I, I felt misunderstood and this low-level sense of exposure and shame. I completely resented these questions. I felt my heart constrict and my guard come up. You see, I couldn't answer these questions, not in that season, but they have haunted me for years. Because remember, I hadn't done any real work in therapy yet, so I was still pretty clouded in my understanding and short-sighted, a jumbled. I didn't get what these questions had to do with this presentation I had just like put before him. But I can answer them now. What am I trying to prove and to whom? My answer is this. I am trying to prove my worth to my parents. I want to show them that I am good enough, smart enough, worthy enough, 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 and that if other people could see it, then maybe they could see it too. So let me tell you how I got to this answer. In the next three weeks after this lunch with my professor, I started losing all feeling and sensation in my legs. I was paralyzed from the waist down completely. And I've talked about this before, but just to remind you, I was admitted to the hospital and I was diagnosed with transverse myelitis. 
and I was told I would never walk again. And as I sat in that wheelchair, I had to face myself. I felt useless, bound, stuck, steeped in this harsh reality. I felt alone, scared, sad, confused. And somewhere even below these feelings, I was angry, laid bare, raw, exposed. There was so much I wanted to do. There were so many plans and things left undone. I had this new boyfriend, this unfinished project, college. I felt crushed. And I was having this identity crisis about where I was finding my value and how I was measuring my worth in my doing. And I had totally neglected my being. And I remember one night in particular, I was sitting in my hospital bed And hospitals, they're so noisy. And at night when things would finally quiet down for the day and the nurses' visits become less frequent, and I would sit there and I'd stare out the window, and on this night, a thought appeared. And I don't know how else to say it. It wasn't my own thought, but it was a thought because it was in my own head, not an audible voice, but it was a thought like to me, not from me. And it went something like this. If you never get up from this chair and never do another thing, it will have no bearing on who you are. This thought struck me, as it still does, across the face. Wake up, Elise. It is not your doing. It is your being. I had to learn how to practice this like grandiose sense of self-acceptance in my very evident limitedness. I think it was here in this juxtaposition of use, uselessness versus usefulness, that my previous sense of self shattered. It couldn't hold. Not anymore. And I spent the next few months in an inpatient facility doing physical therapy and occupational therapy and doctor's appointments and in in this experiential lesson, every moment marinating in my new reality. I didn't have homework to lose myself in or a project to prove myself. I had no TV or Facebook or social media of any sort yet. Just me and my paralyzation all day. You know, and honestly, I think, I think on some level I needed this. At such a pivotal time in my life, so measured by production, to get to know, like a posteriori know, that I am free from my doing and alive and moving in my being. This was good. And no cliffhangers here, right? I regained my ability to walk, but painfully and mentally the hardest thing I've ever had to learn how to do And I did it. Each step I took, I imagined myself planting my foot on new ground, on a new reality, on a new truth, walking physically and metaphorically in freedom, boundless, wild, wonderful freedom. I live my best life here. My truest self is revealed here. Entering into the present moment with nothing to prove, feet firmly planted in an identity independent of others' approval. I am the girl who will run into the ocean with all of her clothes on because if there's water, you must swim. 
So what the heck happened to land me in the park with my friend, exercising these old demons and facing the super temporal, impossible part of myself? You know, as I reflect on it, I think approval felt good in this season. It was measurable, right? Where motherhood and marriage often aren't. You don't see how you're doing it, know that you're doing it well because you're just in it. But at work, there was something that I could produce, a clinical program I could create, groups I could organize, I could see it. And so there was this feeling of success and somewhere this needed sense of I'm doing good at something or it felt, I don't know, it felt familiar. But you know what? I got off balance. One foot trying to sink toes in the deep soil of freedom and the other foot trying to gain traction into this new territory of work and production and proving myself. And eventually something's got to give. And it did. I did. This week, I lost perspective. I lost my truth. I lost myself in this hyper-paced new land. It's not livable. And I don't even want it to be. I don't want to acclimate there. So how, you ask? Did I pull my head out this week? (laughs) In several ways. I reached out, right? I phoned a friend. I stopped to get my bearings. Who am I becoming? How did I get here? I asked myself those old haunting questions. What am I trying to prove and to whom? I remembered my boundaries and I had to call people and reschedule or gasp, cancel. (laughs) I pressed in to the space within me that isn't a cruel taskmaster, but a gentle, honest sojourner. I went to a planning meeting for my upcoming trip to Uganda to bring water to children. Talk about a sobering way to gain perspective. Sidebar, this is also not me saying my week wasn't hard compared to the harsh realities of developing nations. And while I know that is true on some very real level, it isn't helpful to think about pain or suffering in this way. You know, comparison like that is minimizing, shaming, and will just leave you stuck wherever you are. Newsflash, everyone is suffering. In places like Uganda, their suffering comes in the form of thirst for actual clean water. Here in America, our thirst looks different. What is it for you? The water of success? Being known? Proving yourself? What are you thirsty for? What is your deep need? Connection? Friendship? Healing? Something larger than yourself? What is it? Listen in. What are you thirsting for? Find replenishing waters. Make time and space with yourself or people or the earth to quench your desire to live free. Sink your toes deep into the sand. Stand firm on the shore of your good identity where you are you and you are good and that is enough. Be well this week, my friends drink deeply of the life that is around all of us. Thanks for listening. To connect with me, suggest a topic for the show, or ask a question from your own life you would like to have answered, email me at elise at trailercast.com. 
E-L-Y-S-E at TrailerCast.com. You can also see more on the TrailerCast website or follow me on Instagram at TrailerCast, where you can watch the renovation of my vintage mobile office and see more from behind the scenes. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends. 